Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, need to call a quick time out here. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my listeners over at OU didn't know for a while now about all the cool things happening over at adsfreeshows.com. A brand new series has arrived on Adfree Shows. Top of the card unpacks everything you need to know in the wrestling trading card space. And we're starting with the granddaddy of them all, the 1982 Wrestling All-Stars Series A set. Now, this set was not exclusive to any one territory at the time, as we were still right at the tail end of the territory era of professional wrestling. So it was a basically a who's who in professional wrestling, with card number one being Andre the Giant. Others included in the set include Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Ted DiBiase, and others. 20 years ago, Eric took on Stone Cold in the main event on Raw, but the real main event was the confrontation that happened backstage before the show. Now, the next week, I'm sitting in this chair, and that same guy, I don't think I had said a word to him that day. I don't think I had seen Rick up until the point he came through that door. And he's, you know, getting me, he's just telling me to get up, get out of the chair. He's so pissed off, he's bleeding. I'm on the phone, and he's got blood <laughs> running down his chin because he bit his lip. He was so mad, he bit the inside of his mouth. He's got blood on a backstage confrontation. I hadn't even gotten out of the chair yet. (laughs) Ad-Free Shows members got to sit shotgun alongside Kevin Nash and click this co-host, Sean Oliver, as they watch back some of the worst matches in history. None more so than the Yeti. Randy, now. The the mummy is not Frankenstein. You don't walk with your arms straight out. With the arms out, right? And, and, you know, a, a Yeti is also not a mummy, but... I don't know. Was it Jim Hurd? Who was here? Well, well, whose brainchild was this? Who gives a fuck? That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself why Ads Free Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adsfreeshows.com. Cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. I don't want a piece of the world. I want the whole world. I make my own rules. 
because it's much easier that way. Trust me. What's up, everybody? I'm Marcus D'Angelo, and you're back in the snake pit. And, of course, we wouldn't be able to do it without the man himself, the master of the DDT, the Hall of Famer, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, we are back, my friend. Oh, it's good to be back, man. Good to be back. Can't wait to finish this thing up. Me either. And you referenced it, man. It's it's part two of Rick Martell. Um, and we're going to wrap it all up here today, including your infamous and famous match at WrestleMania 7. Uh, so without any further ado, you ready to jump in? Let's do it. All right, let's get after it. Well, uh, to start out 1991, you and Martel are swapping DQ victories on the house show loop. At one of these, Martel has you blinded when a young Dustin Rhodes comes out to help and you accidentally DDT him. So Dustin was teaming up with his dad at this time, feuding with DiBiase and Virgil. So I found it kind of weird that he would come out for this. Uh, do you know why Dustin would have been involved in your angle with Martel? I have no idea at all, man. It's strange. And, you know, and as I as I continue to read, I would see also uh, the same thing happen with Sam Houston. And I want to say like Coco Beware or something. So it's like this weird, like kind of little influx of baby faces that you're just DDTing randomly. They needed it. I, I guess so. Uh, at this especially, time, especially Coco. <laughs> at this time, Dustin is uh, only 21 years old. Uh, he's kind of still trying to find his way. He's mimicking his dad in many ways in the promos. Uh, but did you see the early potential in him to stand alone in wrestling? Oh yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. He had, he had it, man. You know, when we talk about the it factor, either you got it or you don't, you can't buy it. You can't steal it. You can't borrow it from anybody. It's charisma. And he had a natural charisma about him. I think that's perfectly said. He did. And, you know, a lot of people, you and I have talked about it. You know, he got that gold dust gimmick and he ran with it. A lot of people, you know, kind of criticized Vince for sticking with that gimmick. But really, it's what set him apart from his dad, you know, because he was essentially just dusty part two in many respects, wasn't he? No doubt. No doubt. Cool to watch him grow. Uh, interesting to hear that you kind of uh, had a little run in with him on the house shows. It would be nice yeah. to see some footage of that. That'd be nice. Well, we've got this from the January 21st, 91 Observer. Jake Roberts wants to turn heel after the thing with Martell runs its course because Sly Snake sees that there is a lot more opportunity at present on that side. So Sly, meaning I, I, I assume he means that you're just you're a smart businessman. Um, do you think maybe that's why they were running in some of these young baby faces to kind of test? The I, I have no idea, man. Really I, weird. I didn't know that I was wanting to turn turn heel at the time. Jeez, Meltzer's telling you something about yourself you didn't yeah, even know. Damn. That sounds a little fishy. I will say, though, at this point, uh, the, the top baby faces were Warrior as the WWF champion, which he's about to lose at Royal Rumble to Slaughter. Yourself, Jim Duggan, Dusty, and Hogan, who's clearly being positioned for Slaughter. Uh, I mean, if you were eyeing it at this time, maybe. I mean, so are you? Are we saying that Meltzer's full of shit, or maybe you just don't remember uh, one no, of No, Meltzer's full of shit. Okay, Meltzer's full of shit, so we can, we can do away with that. Uh, you weren't eyeing uh, any sort of a feud nope. with, with Warrior, though? No. Nope. God, no. That's the last bird I was going to work with. <laughs> You'd find yourself bumping up against him a little bit later this year, which we're going to yeah. talk about this summer when it comes to some of those uh, vignettes in the graveyard and whatnot. Yeah, those are pretty good. <laughs> 
They are. They're fun. They're campy, but in the best way possible when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. So we do hear all the time that Vince refused to turn Hogan heel due to due in large part to his merchandise sales. And like I said, a little bit later on this year, you're going to be turning heel yourself when that when an opportunity like that comes up where it's all of a sudden, you know, a baby face to heel. It's not like it is today. They didn't have merch for the the heels, at least not as much. Would no. that have given you any pause? I know that you prefer working heel. No, it wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have mattered the amount of money I'm making on merchandise. No. So, would you feel comfortable disclosing like a, a rough estimate of what kind of money you were pulling in? Uh, with sure, merchandise? N- not enough. <laughs> it's just weird because you know we do hear all the time. You know, like some of these guys were making these insane uh, paychecks uh, at, at the end of the month whenever it came yeah. to their merchandise sales, and Vince would give you this giant stack of invoices saying, "Here's exactly what sold and where and yeah. when." Uh, you would yeah. get those invoices. Oh yeah. My question was, who was putting in the numbers? If everybody's getting those papers, then somebody is really, really crunching the numbers. Yeah, they're crunching them, all right. Got to be some Howard Finkel shit. More than likely. <laughs> well, I mentioned that Warrior was uh, was about to lose his belt at the Rumble to Slaughter, who was doing his Iraqi sympathizer gimmick at the time and getting a ton of heat. Uh, pretty unprecedented stuff to actually have a gimmick from an active war. What did you think about this angle with Slaughter? Oh, it had to happen. I'm, I'm surprised that Slaughter went with it, but it had to happen. I mean, you talk about merchandise sales. He was like the face of G.I. Joe. And yeah. now, now all of a sudden, it's okay, let's bring that to a screeching halt. And he's going to side with a, a country that we're having a war with? Yeah. So it, Jake, if they had come to you and said, uh, "Hey, we want you to to do this stuff," do you th- would you have gone for it? Sure. <laughs> it's a fun what if. Sure. Well, at the Rumble, you'd be eliminated by Martel, who had set a new longevity record with a time of fifty-two minutes seventeen seconds. Man, he was in incredible shape, wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, physically being in the ring with Martel is uh, how would you compare climbing into the ring with somebody like him versus some of the other people that you were working with at the time, like Rude or Warrior? He was smooth. Yeah. Yeah, he was smooth. He knew where he was going. There wasn't any herky jerky motions about it. He was just really smooth. It shows. It shows on camera. And, you know, and some of it, we've got a couple clips this week, and you can see in them where he's just really polished, always very good awareness on where he's at yeah. in the ring. And, man, he can he can sell like nobody's business. Yep. He does a great job. With, with him, it was like driving a new Mercedes every time he got in the ring. It was easy driving. Man, that's a hell of a compliment and well deserved. What a what an incredible performer! Uh, have you? When would you say is the last time that you uh, spoke to or saw Rick Martel? Oh, probably twenty years. That long? Yeah. He kind of got out of like all the way out of wrestling. He got all the way out, brother. Yeah, not even really like appearances very much either. No, right? Doesn't do appearances. He's got his own thing going, doing very well. It's interesting for a dude like him, too, because he grew up in wrestling. Like I mentioned yeah. on our last episode, he was I think he was 17 when he started. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's just like, OK, I'm done and walking away. And that's the end of it. I don't know. Can you picture ever stopping with the appearances? No, no, I have too much fun with the fans. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of the interactions and photos and stuff. And it looks like you're always having a blast when you're out there yeah. with the fans. It's just I don't know. It's, it's strange to me that uh, he would just hard stop. He's out. Yeah, he did it. 
did it his way. Hey, good for him, man. Not everybody gets that option. Um, all right. So I have heard that in battle royals in general, uh, people tend to they tend to be a little bit more dangerous due to the, all the chaos. And, you know, it's easy to catch an elbow from somebody or roll your ankle or something. Uh, what's your strategy going into the Royal Rumble, Jake? Find a corner and hide. <laughs> and that's, that's what I would do, too. You don't want to be out in the middle of that ring because somebody's going to fall into you. You know, and that's that's when you get hurt. You'll get a knee butt blown out or something will happen bad. So um, stay out of the middle of the ring. Now, did you learn that the hard way in Mid-South or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've caught elbows and, and been in the way when somebody went to slam somebody and get a boot upside the head from a guy being slammed. Oh, that's fun. God almighty. Yeah, it sounds like chaos, and it looks like chaos just a normal Royal Rumble. And I know that – I think that you've mentioned on this podcast before that uh, you were once in an all-blindfold battle yeah. royal. Yeah, an all-blindfold battle royal. It's pretty mean, cool. I mean, I'd, I think I'd just be in the fetal position in the corner waiting for it to come to Oh, my end. God. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy, man. That sounds wild. Uh, well, in February, in the February 18th edition of The Observer, Meltzer notes for the first time that it will be a blindfold match between yourself and Martell at WrestleMania. Martell would even begin to put black hoods over the heads of his uh, enhancement talents he's working with, and he'd pummel them to show everybody what you were in for. Uh, man, couldn't be a better stipulation for this match. Uh, do you remember who came up with the idea? I believe Pat Patterson. So I, I saw where along the way you and Martell would would also on the house shows kind of compete in uh, cage matches here and there. Yeah. Now, do you know if there was any consideration to make it a cage match re- at WrestleMania? No, I don't. Okay. Well, there's me... no need for it. No, no. I mean, let me say it's they landed on the right uh, gimmick match when it comes to uh, the blindfold. Yeah. I mean, it just yeah, works. The blindfold per- match worked perfectly, and we worked it perfectly, and uh, the rest is history, man. Well, it's cool, and it's interesting, too, because uh, you guys did work it perfectly. However, um, it looked like you guys were trying a few things along the way. Uh, our, oh, first yeah. clip, our first clip this week is a dark match at Wrestling Challenge in, I believe it was late January. And the live audience there got their first look at the two of you in a blindfold match. Again, it's a dark match. So there's no commentary. So I'm going to narrate the action a little bit for All our right. listening audience. I'll post this entire two-minute video on our social media, which is at Snake Pit Pod on all platforms. And I encourage our listeners to go and check it out to see what we're uh. talking about here. All right. Jake and Martel both hooded and kind of back-to-back, both reaching around trying to find one another. Oops. Martel found Jake. And he begins to pummel him. Martel getting the better of the exchange, and he's going to slam Jake. Ooh, tried to drop the elbow, but Jake is out of the way. Uh, Martel's selling is just phenomenal. He's selling frustrated really well. Jake is slowly pulling himself up, and Martel is kind of starting to complain. And he's pulling off his hood. Ref is trying to stop him. But Martell is, gosh, he's big as a house. And he's going to get that mask off. And now he's attacking Jake. Uh, Martell is no longer blindfolded, but Jake is. And Martell's tying him up in the ropes. 
And now Martel's going for his arrogant spray in the corner. He's going to spray Jake. I'm not sure how that's going to work with the hood, but let's just roll with it. <laughs> and the ref is trying to pull the arrogance away from him. Martel's got his back to Jake, and Jake is slowly getting out of those ropes. He's reaching around. He's trying to find Martel. He found him. DDT. Martel drops the arrogance spray. But now here's the fun part. Jake is reaching around the ring. He's He can't find Martel. And he's con continues to build the anticipation of when the pin is going to happen. He can't find him. The audience is going nuts. And found him. Jake covers him. One, two, three. And a, there's a young and very happy child in the audience for that. Martel's uh, kid. <laughs> man. That was that was fantastic. Really fun. Uh, and shout out to both and MadPop54 and RCS88 on Twitter for sending that video to us. Uh, totally different finish from what we saw at WrestleMania, but a pretty fun way to end yeah. the match. Yeah. It was fun doing the can't find him thing. It was pretty awesome, man. Pointing, following the fans. Yes. Yeah, it was cool. It's cool kind of watching the the early seeds be planted and some of the uh, the ideas that you guys were trying out. Uh, you can see the fran the fans just get whipped into a frenzy after you DDT Martel and can't find him. So it's just a, such a brilliant little piece of psychology to build a concern. Uh, had you and Martel been doing blindfold matches on the house shows to get ready for this? We did a couple. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't real comp. Martel wasn't real confident about doing it. He thought it'd flop. Really? Yeah. Did he ever say why? He just didn't think it would work. You know? That's but, interesting. You know, yeah, it's... Pat, Pat Patterson talked him into trying it. Well, thank goodness he did because, you know, it's we're going to talk about kind of uh, what, what Meltzer had to say about the match and fans had to say about the match later. But in my mind, it's really not about the, the, the match. It's not about having a great wrestling match. It's about creating kind of a really cool, indelible moment. You guys did something that continually yeah. brought up all these years later. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so you are here exploring this other finish. Do you remember what made you land on, on the finish that you guys ultimately went to as opposed to this one? I have no idea. Well, we'll, we'll do some compare and contrast later on. Cause our second clip this week is going to be the, uh, the WrestleMania finish. Uh, and looking back on it, do you kind of wish that you had gone this direction? That was a pretty cool finish. It was a good finish. But so was a mania finish. I mean, uh, him getting the hood off was something they didn't really want to do. Because, you know, why wouldn't you have taken it off earlier? If, I, if it was that easy to get off, you know. I think you make a good point, and uh, to your point, I think you guys landed on the right finish. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. And Jake, our listeners are going to be happy when they land on Factor. That's America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. I got mine in the mail, and it is 
phenomenal. It's nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. So summer's coming in fast. Don't you want to look and feel your best in time for the warmer weather? You can do it with calorie-smart meals around 550 calories or less from Factor. You know, Jake, the biggest problem for me when it comes to eating healthy is all the preparation you have to do. Planning, shopping, cooking. Yeah, that's a lot of work, man. Yes, it's a ton of work, and Factor is taking all that out. You can skip the trip to the grocery store, skip the chopping, prepping, cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. And you want to talk about variety? With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Enjoy meals for any time of day with breakfast options like egg bites, smoothies, and more. Plus, replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons. I know takeout is the go-to solution for a lot of people who need to get a quick meal during a busy day. But not only does fact is factor cheaper than than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery. It's just two minutes. Put the time and money you save toward planning activities when it comes to uh, some of this nice warm weather we've got coming up. Also, eating vegan or veggie is easy with Factor. As I mentioned, each meal is prepared by chefs and approved dietitians, so you know your Factor meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week and uh, add a little meat to your, to your meal there. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Just choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed food delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash snake50 and use code snake50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code 50%, Jake. I mean, it's already less than you're going to spend going to fast food, and now they can save 50%? Come Hell on. yeah. You got to do it, guys. That's code snake50 at factormeals.com slash snake50 to get 50% off your first box. At that price, I, you just can't miss with Factor. We've got an interesting bit of info from the March 4th Observer and a house show. Jake Roberts pinned Rick Martell with a DDT in 1347. Considering that his sister passed away earlier that morning, Martell put on a good performance. Still, they went 340 without even a lockup. Martell took the early edge with thumbs to the throat and held a chin lock until the 10-minute the mark. Roberts took the buckles really hard. Jake made the comeback and hit the DDT to win. Robert's psychology was great in that this match was mainly long rest holds and stalling, but as soon as the crowd would start to lose interest, he'd out of nowhere flip the bird or do something to get the crowd back. After he hit his move, he laid on the ground for a good 30 seconds before rolling over and getting the pin, building up the heat for the pin. So uh, this this post from The Observer really stuck out for me for a few reasons, Jake. First, uh, Martell's sister passing away. It's, I mean, yeah. devastating, devastating yeah. for anyone to experience. And hats off to him for staying the course and making his scheduled appearance uh, despite the loss. Yeah. Uh, were you close with Rick? Yeah, I was, but I remember that. It wasn't an easy time for him, you know. It was, uh, it was real hard for him. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, because he's it's his character. He's got to come out and be this over the top heel. And a big part of what he did was like giant gestures and big expressions that kind of that smile that you wanted to wipe off his face. And he's coming out, coming out here and and giving the audiences all despite really having a hard time. Yeah. You know, when you get something emotional like that, there's another way of thinking about it, too. You want something that will get your mind off of it for a few minutes, you know. So, 
I think maybe that might have been it. He just wanted to go ahead and have the match so he could quit thinking about his sister for a few minutes. Yeah, maybe that was it. And again, kudos to him. You know, it's a you make this commitment whenever you uh, whenever you're in this business, and he held yeah. to his commitment despite a really difficult time. Sure did. On a lighter note, Jake, the other thing that stood out for me here was you flipping the middle finger. Uh, we all know that uh, your psychology in the ring is second to none, but at this time, the idea of a baby face making an obscene gesture was completely unheard of. Uh, so, I'm not a baby face, though. <laughs> so, so can you walk us through that that mindset a little bit? Oh, yeah. Well, they were wanting one thing, and I said no. And then I flipped them off to sort of tell them I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I was going to do it my way because I knew where we were going. You know, I'm not going to let the people boo me into getting up and doing something. Not if it's not the right time. That's one of the things that pisses me off today. Guys go out and do extra moves just because the fans are quiet for a second. Let them be quiet. Maybe they're trying to get their breath, you know, <laughs> especially these days. Yeah, I mean, with the fast-paced action, gosh, it's, you know, you you look down at your phone for a second and you've missed, you know, some insane yeah. move or something. Uh, what is that? Is that the advice that you would give to young performers nowadays? Just slow yeah, down. Absolutely. absolutely. Let people sell. Let them sell, man. That's what gets you over. Your selling is what gets you over, not your damned high spots. And so, you know, you always hear, I, at least I know that this was kind of like the old Memphis mantra is that, uh, you know, baby faces should be the primary sellers in the ring. Uh, so a, a, as a heel, what, what, would, what advice would you give to young performers today? Well, as a heel, you're going to sell at the right time. you got to learn to beg, get on your knees and beg. You can't, I can't imagine anybody doing that today. Nobody wants to get on their knees and beg. Are you kidding me? They'd probably rather die than do that. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Because they're full of shit. Because they got their head up their ass. And it's, it's just, I don't know, man. They're just, they're believing in the press too much, I think. It's a weird perspective because, you know, as a heel, it's if you, if you're begging or you're begging off, that just makes you more of a coward and thereby... Exactly. And more exactly. unlikely. Nobody, nobody wants to be a coward. Right. They don't. They all want to be the toughest motherfucker. Well, you know, there can only be one tough guy. One. And it's not them. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. And then, you know, I know that people are probably really concerned that, like, okay, if I if I beg, it's going to make my character weak. And that's, that's yeah. this irreparable situation. It's that's like so foolish. I feel like, I, and I think I've seen matches where you do this, where you're begging off, the guy like turns to the referee or something, you immediately stop begging and, and uh, attack him. Oh, you yeah. Know? And so all of a sudden it's like, okay, he wasn't, you know, he was just trying to stall this guy. He's not a coward. That's right. It's, I That's don't exactly know. what you do, man. It's, you it's beg weird. and you plead and you promise, you lie, you, you, you try it all, man. You know, Please, I'll never do that again. I swear to God, I'll never do that again. Oh, I think I'm having a heart attack. Oh, I'm having chest pains. Oh, chest pains. Oh, not good. Oh, <laughs> somebody call a vet. <laughs> Man, it's uh, it's it's interesting the way that the business has changed and kind of how like some of this, you know, logic. And that's really what it boils down to is simple logic in many respects. Yeah. Some of it's just kind of lost. Yeah, it is. 
really is. It's a shame. It is. Um, but it's. I, I just thought it was really cool hearing about you on this house show, giving the finger to the fans. I mean, this is years before Austin would make his name being an anti-hero. And yeah. now here you are doing it. Um, and yeah. it's... It's it's even more fascinating because of the way that you and your career would would influence uh, Steve Austin's. Did you see the business beginning to trend in the direction of antiheroes at this time? Oh yeah, yeah, it was sliding that way. Definitely, people were tired of just the regular old, you know, white hat baby face that would you know come in on a white stallion and always do the right thing because. Bottom line is that people have been beat down so bad, you know, whether it's taxes or just lack of work or whatever, they didn't think a good guy could win, you know? Mm-hmm. And the bad guys just kept getting bigger and tougher and crazier and, you know, more monstrous. Christ, what are you going to do? You can't go in there and, and not throw a punch or, or not. you gotta, you got to start unloading some of this shit. So that's kind of the way I went. And yes, and you know, it's I, I find it interesting seeing you as a baby face too, watching back some of this old stuff because, like, to your point, you weren't really a baby face. You know, it's uh, you're saying the right stuff to the audience, no. and you're you know, you're kind of being a good guy, but at the same time, you're DDTing somebody, it's like this punishing, vicious move that you're breaking out at the end to win the match, yeah. And then afterwards, after you punish Put the somebody, snake on them. Yes, then you're putting the snake on people. Yeah, that's what a baby face does. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't enough for you to get the win, not enough for you to probably concuss this guy or whatever, yeah. you know, if this is a shoot. Now all of a sudden you're humiliating him. It was just, uh, you know, you can see why it worked. People wanted, you know, Hulk Hogan was coming out there with his American flag and his over-the-top music, and, you oh, know, he's, yeah. he's flexing his guns at the every, at the end of every match, and you were just something completely different, something people hadn't seen. So it was just really neat to see it. Yeah, well, thank you. I can't wait to see this next clip. Ah, yes. Coming right up here in a few minutes. Before we get there, though, it is notable here that uh, you'd beat Earthquake clean with a DDT in a cage match on 227 in Portland. And on March 1st, you'd be pinned by him in Providence. Uh, This would, of course, be your next big rivalry in the WWF. And I can't wait to talk about it in long form with you uh, at some point. But for right now, Martel is a completely different performer from Earthquake. So what did you think about this move from, you know, as you said, a Mercedes to, I don't know, like a cement mixer? Cement mixer. <laughs> no, he wasn't a cement mixer, man. He was just a, he, he was a, uh, oh, I, I just forgot the damn name of it. Oh, well, I forget it. No, he was a smooth ride, too. He knew what he was doing out there, thank God, because he was a very powerful man. And uh, he could move when he wanted to. But uh, Earthquake was, uh, yeah, he was a pleasure to work with, too. And it's of note, he's still, you know, he's got the the bald head and he's this big, hairy dude. And I think that a lot of dudes saw him and are like, oh, man, this guy's in what, like his late 30s, early 40s. I think at this time he was like mid 20s, maybe yeah. early 30s, something like that. So he's he's still a young he guy. He wasn't an old man. He was, he was young. Yeah, yeah, still a still a young man, and he has uh he had a history in sumo, so he's a yeah. you know he's a great athlete, and uh, yeah, kind of a certainly an iconic angle. It's it's something that's gonna be uh, a lot of fun. He was a badass man. Put it put it simply, he was a badass. Now, did you ever see him kind of uh, have to show? Oh somebody? yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I did. I watched him Haku. Okay, man. okay, we have got yeah. to hear that story, Jake. They uh. We were in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, 
and it had been one of those days where the airplanes got delayed four or five hours and had to take three flights to get there. And half the crew was drunk. You know, they'd been sitting at hotel bars too long. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and we all got there and Haku decides he wants to challenge fucking uh, Earthquake to a sumo match. Oh, no. So they broke it down and had a sumo match in the locker room with all the slapping and punching and shit. <laughs> and fucking Earthquake yelled his own. He didn't get uh, shoved around. So wow. The fact that he didn't get shoved around tells me I don't want to fuck with him. Against uh, a bad dude like Haku? Yeah, buddy. Holy smokes. That's pretty I impressive. Everybody was running when it when it was going on. They said, fuck this, man. Somebody's going to get hurt. I don't want it to be me. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like the uh, the Tasmanian devil and his tornado. You don't, don't want to yeah, get too man. close to that shit. You don't want to get too close. You get sucked into it, man. It'll tear you apart. <laughs> That's exactly the way it was, too. Fucking guys were running. God almighty. Two big guys like that. I mean, it's, it's lucky that somebody did not get really badly injured with those oh, two yeah. guys. Yeah, it is. But they just had some fun. That's awesome. Uh, and holy smokes, you want to talk about something that people would pay great money to see happen uh, nowadays. <laughs> it's be nice if you had taken video of that. Oh, yeah. Make think it, about that. Make a damn fortune. Uh, all right, Jake, we're here. It's WrestleMania 7 and one of your most iconic matches. Let's check out the final minutes of it. All right. Man, how great was Martel and all that? The selling when he hits the post with the chair and he sells, yeah, you know, it is hurt his hands. God almighty, he's great. Great shit, man. As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults: a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even eight hundred bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. But check this out: no house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com. Excellent match. Uh, yeah. I I love it. Uh, certainly stands out for me in my childhood. And I know a lot of people, our, our listeners feel the same way. Uh, the audience participation aspect of it, where you kind of do this point around yeah. the ring. Yeah, um, that was awesome. Yeah, you hear the reaction from the crowd. Is that your idea? No, man. People showed me that. Really? Oh, yeah. 
So what you like tried it on the house show and uh, yeah, you... yeah, I tried it on the house shows and the people showed me. No, this way, this way, and they said this way. I point that way. And they go, no, the other way, oh, over here. Oh, you know, because I just started out just pointing, and then I started putting my arm out there and then just moving it. You know, which is the best way. Yes. It was it was tremendous. I always love that aspect of it too, and it's it gets it makes the audience feel like they're part of this match. Yeah, it did. It really did. I know I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, it, it shows and stuff. Man, that match, man, I screamed so hard for you. I thought, Where were you at? I was in Illinois. Well, hell, I couldn't hear you from fucking Illinois. <laughs> you know, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it, uh, if you, uh, I'll share that that one on our social media as well. If you see the audience, you know, like when Jake is trying to find him in the ring again at the end after he DDTs him, like the uh, people are jumping up and down out in the audience. Oh, you yeah. know, it's uh, you can't ask for more in a performance. And then, I mean, what do you want when you go out there? You want a reaction, good reaction, bad reaction. You just, if, if the place is quiet, you know, you messed up. Yeah, absolutely, man. If, you, if it's quiet, you really fucked up. Right. <laughs> right. Be looking for another job. Right. And it was anything but quiet. You know, Meltzer said that given the limitations of having to pretend not to be able to see, you both had great performances, but said, but said it was dull as a wrestling match. I mean, it's what a silly perspective in my mind. It's it's yeah. it's absurd. You know, this is about creating emotion in the audience and the slow anticipation of finally getting even with Martel, right? Absolutely. man. Meltzer has a problem. <laughs> yeah you know it's i i find myself agreeing with some of the stuff he says but then you know i'll yeah. read something like that and i'm like what the fuck is he talking about yeah well he does a fairly good job but he don't do the best job well peter d on twitter asked the question and i think it's a good time to ask it how was your breathing affected with the hood it was affected yeah 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 you could you could definitely tell a difference man no no i wouldn't want to run with a hood on i'll tell you that yeah, and I mean, you know, you hear all the time that uh, no amount of cardio, like the stair stepper or the elliptical no. or whatever, can prepare you for a wrestling match. And now here you are with with a hood on. With a hood on, man. Yeah, man, that is a whole new challenge. Yeah, it was, but it was a lot of fun. And I I wouldn't give anything for that memory. How was your vision uh, with the blindfold? Uh, you can see pretty good, but still, in, you know, inhibited breathing, inhibited vision. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, asking yeah. a lot. It made it made it the job a little little tougher. I can I can absolutely see <clears> that. Uh, what was the reaction backstage like following the match? Did Vince and everyone seem satisfied with it? Oh yeah, they were fucking happier and shit. About it, you know, it's a lot of the guys were like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You're getting paid." <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, try put on the hood, bud. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, try try going out there wrestling with that thing that's on. When, that's when I think I, I told them it's Shakespeare, baby. It's Shakespeare. That's it too. It, it is, man. It's, it's, it's uh, Shakespeare. Sh- theater in the round. Yeah, man. I call it the theater of the absurd. It's, uh, even better, and yeah. it, it's certainly more suiting for some of the stuff that was happening around that time. Yeah, it was man. Well, uh, Jake, we're we're at the finish line here. I'm going to do a couple fan questions, but really, I think we should right. put it in this thing. Uh, yeah, by, I agree. W- with this question, what were your final overall thoughts on the rivalry and how it came to a climax with the blindfold match? I enjoyed my time with Rick Martel, regardless of what we were doing. He was a real class act. Him and Steamboat are right there, side by side. As now, as I'm concerned. 
Now, would you rank those two as your top two opponents in ring? Yeah, in, in smoothness and everything, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't do much better for those two. Yeah, those, those guys are really smooth. Now, I've had some angles that work better. I've had some that, you know, I got more out of it, whether it be, you know, me and Savage or me and Earthquake or me and Bad News even. But, uh, yeah. yeah, both those guys are just so smooth. God, it's a pleasure to wrestle them. Great getting to watch this stuff back with you. Let's get a couple fan questions, and then we'll call it quits here. Uh, Scott Stessel asks, do you think the style of match could have worked with another opponent? If so, who? Uh, any other heel on the roster that you think could have hung in there with you? Oh, yeah. I think anybody could have done it. But uh, what about... But not degree, as good. I was going to say, to the degree of effectiveness no. that Martel did? No, no. He was the perfect guy for it. And if you don't believe it, check out that clip whenever I post on social media. Just the way that Martel sells everything and like his big reactions. It's like, man, as somebody like him in a blindfold, it's perfect. It just works. Yeah, it does. Uh, Bobby Hoskins asks, this may have been answered somewhere else, but what was really in Martel's spray bottle? Probably piss. <laughs> knowing, some of, knowing some of the guys that I know, it was probably piss. No, I don't know what it was. It was water or something. Uh, that question kind of made me laugh because I'm like, it's got to be what, what? What else would they be spraying you in the face with? Yeah, what else? Huh. <laughs> well, there were some wild ribs around that time. Yeah, there was. All right, last question. John Oliver asks, why do you think WWE hasn't put Rick Martel in their Hall of Fame yet? I have no idea, man. That's just a crying shame. Probably because he wouldn't come down to do it. I hope that that's it. You know, I uh, when I when I saw that question, I was like, he's in the Hall of Fame. And I went and looked it up and no, he's not, um, which which is shocking, absurd. I hope that yeah. uh, he gets that honor, not just yeah. for him, but, you know, there's still fans that, that love him and, and miss yeah, him around. Absolutely. Well, look, Jake, this has been a really fun episode and the fun is going to continue next week as we take a look back exactly 35 years and one day to March 1988. So when this episode drops, it'll be one day after the 35 year anniversary of your match with Rick Rude at WrestleMania 4. Oh, boy. So it's kind of the kickstart of the memorable angle between the two of you and certainly yeah. takes us back. Uh, what do you think our, our fans have in store for next week? Oh, man, you're going to hear the truth about how that match went. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, can't, I couldn't ask for a better uh, teaser oh, than that one. God. I'm looking forward to talking I think, about I it. I think my body's getting sore just here that I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> I've heard people say that uh, Rick Rude, it's like touching a bag of baseballs, logging up with him. Yeah, he exactly. He's a solid hard. <laughs> well, look, if you're looking to capture that pro wrestling demographic of males 25 to 54, you cannot do any better than advertising on the snake pit with our buddy here, Jake the Snake Roberts, a legitimate pop culture icon, and you can get him to mention your product or business. You'll see results from our loyal listeners. Get over to advertisewithsnake.com and find out how to get your message in front of our huge network of listeners. Look, you guys hear us talking about a lot of these same sponsors over and over again, Athletic Greens, uh, Backyard Butchers, etc. There's a reason it works. Check us out at AdvertiseWithSnake.com. Partner up with the legendary Jake Roberts over there. 
Check out Jake at jakethesnakeshop.com for rare signed collectibles that will be the centerpiece of your wrestling collection. Look, it's all of them are signed. It's stuff you're not going to get anywhere else. And Jake is is personally, it's, he'll, he'll personalize any of this stuff for you. It's one-of-a-kind stuff that you can't get anywhere else. That's jakethesnakeshop.com. Also, if you're looking for the perfect, unique, unforgettable gift for the wrestling fan in your life, go out of your way to check out the reviews on Jake's Cameo page at cameo.com forward slash jakesnake. I've looked over there, and the reviews do not lie. People are always satisfied every single time Jake uh, delivers on one of these cameos. Right, Jake? Yeah, I enjoy doing it too, man. Come on, guys. Let me break up for you. Let me quit your job for you. (laughs) Let me tell your mother-in-law for you. I'll do it. I mean, imagine imagine giving your two weeks notice or just outright quitting your job and saying like, "Hey, wait a minute, check this out. Give this that to your you, boss. Yeah. Give that to your boss." So he'll be he'll be excited first, like, "Is that Jake Roberts?" And then he'll be like, "Hey, wait a minute." It's I mean, yeah. you can't do any better. That's shove it up your ass. Take this piss <laughs> job and just shove it up your ass. Not my phone though. Give that back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Guys, it's cameo.com forward slash Jake Snake. Get over there today. Order your cameo. It's a once in a lifetime experience. If you're a fan of our podcast and want to support us, get over to our page at boxofgimmicks.com and have a look at some of the incredible merch that we have there. Vintage style shirts, hats, mugs, fanny packs, and more. I'm a fan of the late 80s and early 90s wrestling. I've worked a lot with our graphics guys. Shout out to Joey Fischello over there. He's helping us out a ton. Uh, and we've, we've filled our store with a lot of tailor-made stuff for fans of the golden age of wrestling. So again, that's boxofgimmicks.com. Check out our uh, Snake Pit page. Check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Snake Pit Pod for short clips from our show, highlights, and some exclusive content. We also do giveaways over there, so just go subscribe. doesn't cost you anything. Subscribe, and you might win an autographed Jake the Snake figure. Um, also, if you've enjoyed our podcast, please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review on all platforms because that helps us out a ton. Also, just a reminder, you can get the Snake Pit and all the other shows in our network early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. It starts at just $9 a month. Uh, this past Friday, we, re- we released seven pieces of content, uh, including one where Jake and I talked about WrestleMania 12. So, I mean, you can't you can't go wrong. Get over to adfreeshows.com. Become a member. I guarantee you're going to be satisfied with it. Catch Jake on Twitter at JakeSnakeDDT, on Instagram at JakeTheSnakeDDT, and on Facebook at RealJakeTheSnake. You can follow me at MarcusPDAngelo on Twitter. And, again, you can follow the podcast at SnakePitPod on all our social media platforms. Jake, appreciate you uh, having this discussion with me about such a great, memorable rivalry from your career. Uh, thanks very much. I enjoyed taking that trip back. It was a lot of fun. We're going to continue to have fun right here on The Snake Pit.